evening and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I am your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions. I also have a couple closed groups for roadies on Facebook, one called Death by Loadout, and another one called The Backstage Pass. Come over and check us out. Tonight with me is my dear, dear friend and co-host, oh, Mr. Kyle Thomas. How you doing, dear brother? Pretty good, man. Another day, another dog biscuit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're going to start getting some dog biscuits in the mail. These folks have been Dude, talking about biscuits piling. and rewarding you proper. I think they don't treat, I'm not treating you good. Piling up. Yeah. My freezer's completely full. Please stop sending you're, me cookies. You're <laughs> <laughs> his, his dog biscuit quota has been reached. Thank you, people. We love you for that. Yeah. So what, what's new with you, baby? Man, so uh, I just want to give a short shout-out to uh, Sean Dama's new company, SMD Productions and Lighting. That's uh, Winston's son? Winston's son, yeah. He started kid. a new company. I keep on seeing new photos of the gigs he's starting up, so I just want to give him a little mention, and we're, we're happy for you, man. That's we're proud SMD of you. Lighting and Productions? Yeah, you got it. Oh, those guys. they got good things coming. I see the future is bright for them. Yeah. So I did there that light joke. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we had William Snoopy in today. Oh, William, for- Snoopy, uh, William Snoopy Farquay? Yeah. Of William Snoopy Farquay Audio? Oh, you got it. Yeah, we, the captain. I- I think we're using some of his gear just uh, sporadically spread out through our set. So, yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. We're super appreciative. Always great to see him when he comes in. Always been, joins us for uh, for lunch. What he's been meeting up with you every week for, for <laughs> you know decades. Yeah, for a long time. He's a dear, dear friend. He's like a, he's like my uncle, my brother, my best. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is a very, very close friend, a dear man. And it's always good to see him. You know, he lives on that boat out in the out in the Bay Area, and so I worry on him that he's he's getting enough attention because you know he's a little up there in age and he wants to keep care of himself, and we want him to be around for a while. So, so I'm glad he takes care of himself. But he did grace us with uh, uh, today. He was here for lunch and dinner, and yesterday we had a nice lunch. I know two days in a row. Yeah, right? we're yeah. spoiled. That's a it's a rare goddamn thing, <laughs> and so it's super great to see the Snoop. No two ways about it. Well, speaking of been? speaking of your best friends, I always see in the shop here. Yeah. Uh, Got to mention Polly Montero's band because we've been working, doing rehearsals for those guys. It's been great to see their band working so hard and actually generating some really good content. Yeah, they did some great music last night right here in this very space. They sounded amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that also you know comes down to your work on the, the monitor console. You're dialing them in. They get, I think, what was it? I forget the singer was telling me that he had the best sound he's ever had. Oh, that's great. Years. Yeah, he yeah. actually said that. And I was like, come on, man. It's like, no, seriously. And I was like, yeah, the kid's fucking sharp. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Th- this console, I mean, even though we're printing out uh, every rehearsal just to have the recordings and hopefully formulate an album later, yes, uh, I think, uh, you know, having a board mix going while you're doing monitor is always fun. So it's yeah. something to listen back to and at least you know, print yeah. your board tape out for the day. Yeah, it's very uh, cool. It's uh, all this time we used, uh, back in the day, I mean, the board tapes we got are fucking copious from the days of you know recording oh it's funny speaking of that it's like going from uh, a couple days ago we did the camp okaizo shoot the camp that burnt down yeah that was sad and it's like uh, cause for the kids for sick kids to go to this camp every unbelievable yeah it's and we've been blessed to work with them over 20 years and then last year when we had the buyers they the camp burned down so what have you helped out set up for that well it's that we just did an event where uh kind of shooting some pre-roll for one of their their fundraisers to so raise awareness to it gain some money um absolutely but it's funny going from you know doing something like that where you have more matrixes and matrix outputs than you do actual inputs (laughs) to to a rock show like 20 minutes maybe an hour later 
but I don't know. It made me feel like I was actually working. Yeah, you were gigging. <laughs> you know, I was gigging. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, we got to make the best of what we got right now, and that's, I feel like that's exactly what we're doing. I know. I mean, that's the whole mission of this shop right now is, you know, keep the name out there, keep the work going, kind of keep our chops up, you know, talk to our friends. This show is all about that, you know, reaching out to our friends so nobody's, we don't feel alone. We all got each other kind of thing. Yeah, seriously, we're missing our Thursday meals with Steve Orgain, so I guess Steve hopefully. Steve Orgain. Now, this is a dear, dear friend. I love this guy. He's the sponsor of the show. He's, he's got the, the chef's touch, one of the best caterers in rock and roll. Oh, uh, delicious. Last, last guy to have dinner with, uh, last one of the last people to see. Uh, Bill Graham, right? Bill Graham. I mean, it's, you know, Fucking this legend. is so weird that way, you know. He literally ate with Steve. At the Concord Pavilion, I think it was a Red Hot Chili Pepper show or something, and, and they had dinner, and then Steve, and Bill got on the helicopter, and five minutes later he passed away. You know, he, they crashed, and yeah, just a small one. But he's a darling man, and and although I miss him on Thursdays, uh, I appreciate what all he's done for us. So, thank you, Steve, and Chef's Touch, and of course his lovely wife. You know, it's a team. Oh yeah, she's done. so sweet. Isn't she the best when she comes up <laughs> in front of the house and <laughs> just, just hangs out just, for a bit? Good girl, good girl. You're good people, man. <laughs> So, uh, you know, after we did that, I think a couple days ago, we were blessed to, speaking of Bill Graham, uh, yeah. we had his rabbi in here. That's correct. That's How right. fucking cool was that? <laughs> yeah. Well, we did it. Well, he's an, he's an amazing guy. I mean, he's, he's uh, about to turn 75. We want to do a little thing for him. You know, he's the, kind of the rabbi to the stars. I mean, you know, it, it, like, I, I can't really name names, but, like, he's the well, guy. Well, he for, must be important if he got yeah. your ass dancing. So earlier, <laughs> earlier, there is about 70, maybe, I don't even, how many years of experience? Well, we won't even look at it like that. It's a bunch of old farts with ponytails oh, dancing. Oh, we hundreds of years of that. And, that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we were, they, we, they asked us to record something with to that song, Get Happy. Yeah, happy. Right? And so we threw up a screen here, a big emoji of a big smiley face to the kind of get happy theme and the music kicked off and then there was a bunch of dorky 30 to 70 year old dudes yeah. <laughs> like, after 20 uh, seconds the break, whole room's just deep breathing and yeah. struggles yeah that was kind of sad huh? <laughs> <laughs> some of those old guys that 20 seconds really took it out of us man got our asses candid to us a little bit yeah yeah there was literally like three of us went and sat down on the bleachers over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right i don't need a minute it was it was a little pathetic but but the love was there we did it for a good cause it, it's a um, it's the wonderful Rabbi Langer. He's going to be 75, so we were happy to do it. Wished him his best, you know, wished him a happy birthday and all that. He's a good guy. So, super nice, man. Yeah, we're very lucky to have these problems. That's one thing I say. Hey, listen, if you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook Live, or Twitch, uh, Hit the hit the subscribe button for me. We and push like if you like what we're doing. Helps us out with the algorithms. Push us out in the to the world. Get to more folks. Want to thank the uh, the normal hardcore crew of brothers that and sisters that reach out to us uh, that are here with us tonight. Pat O'Doul, Patrick uh, Eggerman, the great Charlie Zaricki, Quint Winsley, Noah the Beard Tanner, Tony Lewis, John Del Rio, Jay Hawk from the Infirmities, Ian Peacock, Scott Perlman, Snoop Dogg, the Snoopy himself. And Sean Dama, of course, we have Winston Dama in the shop. So, hey, Winston. Hi. And he's Winston. playing over on one of the boards right now, doing what he does. Scott Cheney, Joe Victoria, one of my favorite people. One of my favorite shows we ever did was Joe Victoria. He's just. He's such a badass, you know, man. He's like the video god, you know, Rolling <laughs> Stones, Metallica. I don't think he's missed one Metallica show in their whole career. He's always filming. And, and, but oh, and he's he just stayed one busy. of the nicest guys ever. He stayed busy all through this COVID, man. Yeah, he did uh, that basketball thing at the chase, I guess, that would just happen or whatever. He, you know, he always sends those photos where he's jumping in midair. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he does it. guy's like a freaking Tigger or some shit. <laughs> it's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Hey, listen, we got a great guest. We Thanks, sure man. do. We're really lucky. Uh, you know, 
we're lucky. I don't know any other way to put it. I, I, we have some really great friends that have done some amazing things. And every so often we trick them into coming here and sitting down and telling stories with us. So uh, Steve's here. Hi, Steve. Steve. And the great Pat O'Doul. Pat, I got it right this time. <laughs> Pat, I need a dog biscuit for that one. All right. <laughs> Listen, our guest tonight has worked with some amazing artists. A, a really vast, verse, uh, diverse array from ABC, the great pop band. I actually love ABC. There's a really? super fun yeah, band. He, he's mixed prints. He's uh, tour managed for Lady Gaga. He's uh, been out with Oigo Boingo. Rick James, goddammit. Rick James, Rich. Yeah, I'm talking like he's seen and done. He's a mix engineer. He's a tour manager. He's a production manager. He's a badass. He's our dear friend. We're very lucky to have him. Tonight we have Jeffrey Raz Razmian. What's up, Raz? What is up, brother? What Thank up, beautiful you for man. having me. So good to have you, brother. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, this now, is cool. I don't know if there's a rule. Maybe we look this up FCC. If there's any rule about coming out and being cooler than the host, I don't know. Maybe there's something I don't know, that's but you're not, pulling that off tonight. That's not possible in yeah. your case, I, I don't think so. I, that's very sweet of you to, to josh me like that, but I know when I'm being one up in the, for well, the, the pretty know. party. Have you been doing what's new in your life? You know, not, not well, things are, are looking up, you yes. know. They, everything seems to feel a little lighter right now, and, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, I agree, I agree. This has been a tricky year, and, and I've been some craziness in the air, some weird kind of chaotic communication stuff with, uh, you know, feeling a little untethered. It feels it's, like... It's like in the planets, I think, all that kind of stuff. feels like things are getting reeled in a little bit. And I can kind of see a light at the end of the tunnel. Some shows are getting booked. My friends are going out. You know, I think we've picked up a few shows for the ass end of the summer. Right. That's really encouraging. Right, it does. It feels like things are kind of starting to roll. Yes, sir. At least a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I've, you know, your lips, God's ears, but that, that's that's the feeling, and it, I feel yeah, like we're I, going I in the right direction. I feel that way, too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, see you. Yeah, knock, yeah, find some wood. I got it covered. I got it covered. <laughs> All right. Now, listen, you know, here at this show, uh, not to get too far into the weeds, but here at the show, of course, we're very interested in the origin story. What brought you to the sound industry? What brought you to live production? It's a long story. Well, no, we don't have that kind of time to <laughs> rats. Rats, work with me. <laughs> in, the, in a nutshell, I started as a kid. I, I started playing guitar. I was four years old when I got my first guitar. By the time I was 12 years old, I had a band. And the, we were getting paid, you know. I was, yeah. I was, I was making money. I, I had a top 40 band all through high school where we amassed a system and everything, PA system. Yeah. And other bands wanted to sound like us. And so I started renting out my system on the condition that I came with it. Yeah. You know? You got to supervise it. Yeah. Well, the, it was like... We're going to mix it for you, and we're going to make sure you don't blow up any of our other gear as well. That's right. And then that's how I started mixing, basically. Wow. That's a very organic story. Bernie Broderick's story is almost identical to that. You know, he started out in a band. He, he was a guitarist, loved what he did. Eventually, he started kind of noodling out on the on the gear. And before you know it, people were like, hey, can you make me sound good, too? And, you know, 35 years later, 40 years later, he's one of the number one speaker legend, speaker a legend. design legend there is. And look what you've done with so Now, I'm not going to get, come at you linearly. I'm not going to do, and you started in 74, and I'm going to jump around a little bit, okay, Let's if do you it. don't mind. Uh, like but, a movie that way. But, yeah, but your career is, is really extraordinary interesting. First of all, we're lucky to get to pull you in for our big stuff uh, here at Sound Image. And, you know, you're an absolute blessing to us. So when we get lucky enough to pull you, when you're not so busy and I, you can come and do stuff with us, it's always a treat. I love coming up here to work and do shows up here. Well, you're one of my favorite, uh, you know, visiting engineers by far. I mean, there's just, and, and 
and you're a badass. You're one, you got an ear that's above reproach. It's, it's amazing. But let me dig around in your, your career a little bit. Yeah. I mentioned in the intro that you were you mixed and were production manager for the great, the one and only Rick James. Talk to us about that. You know, what do you say about Rick? Rick, as, as crazy as people perceived Rick, Rick had a heart of gold. Yeah. He was super cool, man. I mean. He kind of oozed cool. He oozed cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and like the Dave Chappelle thing, it's yeah. not really, it's not, I mean, I heard him say it. Yeah. You know, I've been <laughs> in a place where I heard him say that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that sketch will live forever in infamy. You know, Charlie Murphy, who passed, I believe, recently, mm. sadly, but he was an incredible dude in his own right, you know, Eddie Murphy's older brother. And, um, yeah, that story is a classic Rick James story. <laughs> the white cats, they never should have given you yeah, any money. That's hilarious. That's absolutely hilarious. Do you ever get up to any of the crazy that we, you know, uh, I I never uh, one-on-one with him, but, you know, I think we provide racks and stacks towards his end of his thing. You know, he came up with uh, control services and his own guys, and we were just kind of in the wings, you know. And um, and he would turn up missing quite a bit. <laughs> think he was think he was involved in other periodic table sports in the bathroom. Extra um, extracurricular activities. Yes, yes, yes. But man, I swear to God, when he'd come, when it was like time to hit the stage, and they'd hit the flashlight and bring him up. He'd just come out on fire. He was. Know? He would every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every time he hit the stage, he was on fire, and he like controlled the audience. Yeah, he, he had just, a way to lift you up. He did. He Yeah, he did. But but and and he lifted him up through the whole show. Though he could just hold the audience for the whole show. It yeah. was amazing to watch. You know. Yeah, he was and a, be a part of it. He was. I think he was one of those guys. You know, there's a few of them in the game that was born to be Rick James. He was born to be a rock star. He had it in him. You know, it's just in his makeup. You know? Totally. Yeah, the charisma just kind of just flowed out of him. Uh, well, you know, that, speaking of charisma just flowing out of him, born to be a rock star, a true universal legend, just I, I think kind of skips all kind of genres and ages. Everybody, I think, has some love for this artist. You you were front of house for Prince. I was very, very lucky. The, the purple one. Yeah. Prince is a, was a badass. Talk to us about your experiences with Prince. His purpleness. Well, you know. People, I, I've had to tell these stories a few times. People always love it. I, basically, I give it to you in a nutshell. As I was in L.A., and I get the call, and they're like, we want you to come do it right away. I'm like, well, the best thing I can do is, you know, fly out tomorrow morning. Okay, I fly out tomorrow morning. I fly from L.A. to Boston, right? Yes, sir. To the Fleet Center. Oh, man. And I get there, it's like 5.30 or something. And my buddy Charlie Lawson, I'm sure you know Charlie. Yep. Charlie has already, they've done the sound check and all that. And I get up on the, up on the risers, two consoles. It's a, a XL4 and an XL3. And I'm looking at it. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, it went pretty good in the sound check. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good to me. And I'm looking at the board and there's like not a knob that has been turned, you know. Everything is, it's already mixed into a hole. And I go, mm, I want to do a sound check. And they're like. What? You want Prince to come back out here and do a sound check? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I go, do you, you want it to sound good or not? You know. Yeah. And so they get on the radios and all that stuff, and then you know Prince comes out there finally, and he's like, okay, what's uh, what's what's up? Like, you're the new guy or whatever, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to do a I want to do a sound check because this, you know, the board. Oh, here comes the disclaimers. You know, yeah. that's what he said to me, and yeah. I said. 
I go, look, man, it's not a disclaimer. I go, do you want it to sound good or not? I, I go, I can't work from, from nothing. I go, let me start over at least and give me a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And he looks over, you know. Okay, and so short story long, they bring him his microphone, and he sits in front of me in front of house right there, right? Prince. And he's got his cool glasses on, and his, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, it was when he was wearing the gold things on his ears and all that, right? Right, right. And his monitors. Well, he didn't have the monitors on. And he's like, <coughs> he comes out there, and I go, okay, we're going to start sound check, and I have the mic to the stage. And basically, all right, let me hear the kick drum. And, you know, he's sitting out there. He's got his mic so he can intercede or whatever you sure. want to call it. And, and so he's like, I go, okay, let me hear the kick drum. And, and I mean, it hits like once and maybe one and a half, you know. Yeah. Stop. And he looks back at me over the, you know, over his glass. He goes, I want George Clinton's kick drum, not Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately I just like, you know, I floored the highs, I floored the lows, I cut that mid and I just turned it way the hell up. Yeah. And I go, okay, give me the kick drum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And, and he turns around and he goes, there <laughs> so that was it like, was a consummate those were like my first that was like in the first 10 minutes that i worked with him that's all that's what happened right there. wow yeah now prince is uh he's legendary we've had a few of his, his guys on the show before and you know we've been lucky enough to do a few things with him and he there was he was one of a kind he was one of a kind some nights it was like give me all the bottom you can throw at me other nights was, i want none of that mm. it was just it would it was like all, he would a la carte sound based on moods you know yeah and and then he would cure it was not up beyond coming in into front of house oh, yeah. into the fucking into the enclosure and kicking it with you and blowing in your ear you know oh all the time yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. people say you can't you couldn't talk to him but like I, I talked to him every single day that i was on the on the board during the tour yeah. you know yeah, yeah. I think I think it's different points of Prince's career. Right after Purple Rain, uh, you know, he had that immediate success. You know, he could play everything. He was he just lived and breathed music, and uh, he got a little. Uh, you know, when the the, the, the full fledged stardom hit him, uh, he, he got a little irascible sometimes. But with time, as he came and developed as an artist and kind of matured, that kind of went away. So depending on where you cut him in his career, it could have been very much on the approach and how the interaction would be. And I think he got, as towards the end of his life, he got considerably more gentle and, and you know, uh, amenable to, to getting in a professional outcome. So makes perfect sense they'd call you. And, yeah, that had to be a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, again, I, we're, we're I learned a lot from him. I have to say I learned a lot. From him. The guy in his own right as a mix engineer is a badass in his own right. Yeah. I mean, there isn't any album that he ever did that he didn't mix down. You know, no, I know. And if yeah. he could have figured out a way to actually mix front of house while performing, he probably would have tried to do that too. Oh, he just, and he would he, come out there during the sound check yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it was it was a hands on guy. Simple as that. Exactly. And, and he knew what it was. One of those rare artists who actually knew the technology. He actually could. He was right there with you. You know, he understood signal path, workflow. He understood all that. And, yeah, he was heavy. That was one you couldn't really uh, sleep on or, you know, phone it in. There was no, there was no fucking, you know, you phantom knobs on him, you know. <laughs> that, was no. just, that wasn't working. No, you couldn't phone yeah. it in on you him. Had, yeah, you had to bring it with him. So we're talking about one of the largest artists in the world, Prince. Literally, you know, at the time of his passing, he was literally considered, you know, one of the biggest rock stars in the world. But moving on in your career, somebody who easily, in her own right, uh, that just blew the hell up two years in a row. She held the ticket sales records 
which was the great Lady Gaga. You tour managed for Lady Gaga. I did. I did a very. I did a short stint. How was that? It was uh, it was amazing. Yeah, she's a, she puts on a big fucking show. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was like it was a real deal. It was promo stuff for the uh, Born This Way record. Yeah, so that we, thing blew. That thing. Oh, yeah, blew stratospheric. up. And, and so we did like the Video Music Awards in Belfast, yeah. and we did a TV show in Manchester, England. Yeah. I think it's Whistle Stop or whichever one that is. And, sure, sure. You know, <clears throat> we did the Bambi Awards in Germany, and we went to Tokyo for some TV show, and uh, a lot of fun. It was great. My chick was asking about Tokyo recently. I was telling her that is one of the most insane, blown up, over the top. It makes Las Vegas look like a, a light show with a you know a light switch. It's like insane. Uh, and I know you're a fan of uh, Japan. Love Japan. You spend a lot of time there. Uh, well, I haven't recently. I've, I'm overdue for a trip. But yes, over my career, I've been lucky to go more than 20 times. And you know, the shortest time was like a week, and then a multiple three and four week tours and stuff like that. Yeah, see now that's the way to go to Japan, you know, get to hit the Budokan, go through Kobe, go through all, you know, Tokyo, all, you know, I know I'm telling you, Yokohama, all those great cities, you know, did you go, have you ever been to Mount Fuji? Uh, well, you've seen it. I didn't actually go up there, but yeah. you, when you like ride the bullet trains, you yeah. can, you can watch it go by. It's pretty prominent, yeah. It's, a yeah. it's like a postcard, that damn thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did though, in a cheesy move, the one time ever I was a guitar tech for an artist, get to stand on the stage and say, <laughs> this is a song from our new album. Oh, that's funny. The Live at Budokan thing, you know. The that's awesome. Thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you think about the history of the Live at Budokan recordings, that is a, if you're going to record live, you know, you, at Budokan is as good a place as any. I mean, the history is rich and deep on that. Oh, yeah. A lot of great live albums have come out of that place. Yeah, live. and it's, it's a lot smaller than people think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it sounds great in there. It's well, tight. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, and, and Japanese uh, uh, audiences will work with you. You know, Joe Jackson uh, prefers to tour specifically in Japan because he mm. can get it. To, he doesn't like when people clap. Mm -hmm. You know how he is. Mm. So, and he's an extraordinary musician. He's got one of the best bands in, in music. And so when he goes, he wants to play your song, and you kind of politely kind of nod and be like, yeah, that was good. And then he goes to his next one. So the only place he can really find an audience that will cooperate that way is Japan. They're yeah. very studious yeah. folk, you know. And, yeah, it's a special, special place. Yeah. I advise anybody who haven't been there, uh, find your way. It's an extraordinary spot. Extraordinary, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have to ask you... Um, you know, we were doing research on, now I've known you for a, a great long time, but I didn't know, I was digging through some stuff on you, and I found some stuff where you were at the White House, in the press room. Talk to us about that. What the hell, were you trying to take over the country, or what was the plan? Well, yes, I am going to run in, uh, you know, in an undetermined year at this point. No, uh, I'm very, through my work with the Steve Miller Band, I met a guy who he works in the government in Pennsylvania. Okay. And he was friends with a guy in the band. You know. Gotcha. And he would be hanging around backstage and I probably hassled him the first couple of times. Hey, what are you, you know, what are you doing back here or whatever and yeah. we got to be really good buddies and stuff. And subsequently he's got me I've been so lucky to have uh like three tours of the White House two like you know yeah, Two yeah. on one wing, one on another. Yeah. And then uh, I, the same guy got me a tour at the Supreme Court 
Wow. When nobody was there. I got to go in the library of the Supreme Court, in the actual Supreme Court, and wow. the basketball court that's at the Supreme Court, which they call the highest court in the land. <laughs> little little <laughs> plan just, words. Yeah, it's silly. Uh, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, the, the history of our country in that building, and I've never been in the Supreme Court. That's that I could see that being quite intriguing. The, the same guy I went to actually do a gig promoting the uh, Rock Lidditz campus. Oh, uh-huh. Right? That's like the one gig I've done during COVID that was a real gig. I went back there and I mixed this broadcast thing related to my friend. and mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, now they got a they got a cool thing going on. I got to see the state house of uh, Pennsylvania on that trip, and like all of that too. Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. And yeah, all yeah, that's one of the, the founding states. That that's uh, probably what a two hundred and thirty year, two hundred forty year building, something like that. Uh, no, that that built the Capitol. They rebuilt one in like nineteen oh six. But it's awesome, you know. Yeah. It's it's everything you'd expect in a Capitol yeah, building from yeah, Pennsylvania. No, the whole of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, and you know, it's so much history. Like yeah. as you were saying, it yeah, really yeah, is. Just, you really feel it while you're there. Absolutely. One of my for me, when you have dark days in that, that city, I like to go around and look at the architecture. It's absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They know how to get it done. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, when we were, when I brought you in with the intro, I mentioned the, the great ABC. Now this is a band, you know, How to Be a Millionaire and Poison Arrow and all that. You know, uh, I'm more of a guitar rock edge guy, but that band was always fascinating. Martin Fry, I think it is. Uh, just they were Martin Fry, yeah, yeah. badass, good like, guy. That is a good band, nice a guy. A lot of fun with that. Those guys. I, I loved mixing that band yeah. because, I, I, you know, as like a teenager or whatever, I was listening to that band going, "Listen to this," and you know, Trevor Horn as the producer and yeah. everything. I'm no, like, man, immaculate. this is really insane. This stuff sounds great. Yeah, I want to make it sound like that. Yeah. So when I You'd get to make it sound like that with those guys, you know. Yeah. That was cool. I was like, "This is cool." Yeah, no, they're uh, they were they were one of the few. Uh, I guess you'd almost call it like a dance band. I don't, it's hard to pin them down, but they had a, they owned a lane in that music that they just nailed. I mean, they had it down. And like you said, Trevor Horn behind them, you know, some clean, clean, so, clean uh, recordings. It sounded great, and a lot of effects and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, sound yeah, man's yeah. dream because yeah, you yeah, could yeah. make a lot yeah, of effects and a keep lot you busy. Of... I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the good stuff for sure. Um, let's see. Oh, well, I know once in a while it's not something I know you get up to as a habit, but you you've lectured over at a place like SAE. What, what, how does that usually work out for you? What you thinking on those schools? Well, I did. Uh, I did a good handful, probably a dozen, at the uh, Macquarie. University in Sydney, Australia, uh-huh. and I probably did also a dozen at SAE, uh, also in Sydney, Australia. Uh, it was great. I really had a cool time doing that, and you know, I kind of just told my story from how I started in the business to where I was at that point, and then I would open it up for questions. You yeah. Know? And I loved that. I actually found the question part to be the most fun. Yeah, the young, inspiring minds. Trying to give them a little hope, get in the game. Yeah, and and sometimes they ask you like really weird stuff. They want to know <laughs> about the artist, or they want to know about sure. You know, well, somebody how do I how do I do in. it? Huh? Somebody just chimed in over here asking <coughs> you about uh, uh, Michael McDonald Ben. Yes, oh, the great yeah. Michael McDonald. It's funny because Tim Connor was here. We didn't talk about it. He you can't see us, that far. Who's chiming in? Yeah, can you give us a name? Uh, yeah, Clay Racer. Who's it? Clay Racer. Clay, Clay Racer. 
Cool. Yeah. Um, Tim O'Connor, of course, I, I know him as the Doobie Brothers guy. Yes. He just left the building, just gave me a hug and bailed out and left us this little bottle of tree sap, whatever the thing is. But they, they know, of course, uh, Michael McDonald is from the Doobie Brothers. And, um, yeah, how did you like working with Mike McDonald? I love Michael McDonald. He's, that voice, man, one of a kind. Yeah, yeah right? as soon as he hits it, you know. Yeah, there's Michael Donald is there's something about him, and he's kind of he's kind of rocking that deep cool. You know, he's got that white mane, and he's kind of a unique cat, and, and he's an extraordinary piano player. He's just talented as fuck. And it's funny, because in a lot of the songs, you don't have to put anything on his voice. You don't need a reverb or a... No. Like, somebody asked me that one time, they're like... What do you put on his voice? I'm like, well, most of the time, nothing. You put like, the push up like, the gas and let well, they go. go. Yeah, they go. Well, what do you mean? I go, well, I go. So Michael McDonald, the effects are built in. You yeah, just, he, you know, it's he, just he shows up with compress them. it and put it in your face, and it's like <laughs> yeah. you just can't go wrong like that. Yeah, no, he is absolutely one of a kind and extraordinarily talented. And you know, he went from the Doobie Brothers to a phenomenal uh, uh, solo career. Very nice man. You know, yeah. there's a few times that I've interacted with very him. Very nice. Very pleasant, very professional. Yeah. Very, very talented. And and I've never seen him not do a good show. I don't know if it's in him. I don't think he can. I don't think he can. Yeah. I mean, and that voice, how he keeps that voice that crisp and clean, you know, and smooth, it's buttery. Well, he, he sings and he plays all the time. Yeah. Yeah, he must. Like when he, you know, we set up keyboard in the mm -hmm. dressing room and yeah. he'd come in and he just starts playing and singing and... You know, he basically, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's It was a pleasure to work with. And that was one of those bands where just kind of, you know, you tune it around his voice and around his keyboard. Sure. And you bring everything else up. Yeah, and it dialed. And it's dialed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's sweet spot right there. Yeah. As it is. Well, you know, I, another guy that I had a very similar experience with that we've both worked for was uh, Danny Elfman. But when, oh, the yeah. Oingo Boingo fan, yeah. I mean, talk about a badass. Talk about it all around. He's kind of, to me, in, in some ways, he's kind of the white prince. You know, he can play, he can, he can, he hears music. I can he see just, that. Yeah. He just makes it happen. Uh, how was your experience with the, with the great Oingo Boingo? It was great. Well, the, the tour I did, they were actually Boingo. Ah. So it was basically the core of the band yeah. without the horns. And then they had Warren. You know, from the Vandals. No kidding. On guitar. Wow. You know, and Steve Bartek. So. Yeah, I don't think I got to see that incarnation. Yeah. How would that go? It was cool. It was yeah. really cool. Well received? Yeah. yeah like Boingo, when we, in the early days we were working with Boingo, they would put on a crazy show. I, I remember one time we did a thing in, uh, I want to say Santa Cruz, California, Civic, and they brought in um, sand, and they filled the whole <laughs> stage with sand, and then they put up two lifeguard towers and a a beach ball net, and it was this big beach scene. It was it was awesome, you know, kind of girls dancing and horns, and yeah, they they just would go extra mile like that, like the kind of tube style, you know, how a few way bill back in the uh, days put the on tubes. those big shows, you know, yeah. very very to, cool. Got yeah. to mix the tubes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, you know, our paths kind of cross on that level. Yeah. You know, Georgie Porgy used to run the tubes, and I'd be over there chasing around guitars and trying to keep the stage from being on fire and. You know, and they're doing their best to light it on fire, and <laughs> especially early days, like you know, white punks on dope shit. They were they were losing their minds. It was uh, it was some cool shit. Very very memorable shows. Noah just chimed in. Was Noah the beard? What uh? What's your favorite console? My favorite console? Yeah. Like, do, are we talking like of all time or of? Well, the one that you feel the love from. Well, What's you know, we were just marveling at the Gamble EX56. That's a sweet piece backstage of over here. And yeah. You know, that is one of my all-time favorite consoles. Yeah, great. Got to do a lot of good stuff on that. I, we talked earlier, I did the uh, Brian Setzer Orchestra on that. 
Yeah. Dirk's, Dirk's personal hot-rotted EX-56, which <laughs> yeah, sounded... sweet. It did. It sounded really sweet. Hey, will you help me uh, with something real quick right now? Uh, look to the camera. Dirk, Dirk, Schubert, you know we love you. We want you to come on the show, okay, buddy? Come I've on, buddy. I've been working on Dirk <laughs> for, I mean, like, last few months. He, he, got, he had a little uh, operation he had to deal with, but, but I would kill to have Dirk Schubert on this show. Is uh, we tooled around in the social media quite a bit, and he is—he's kind of like he's kind of like having Gandalf on the page with you, you know. He, Nobody yeah, gets to slip. He, he knows every single detail of a technical aspect of pretty much any subject, and he's right there in the mix. And he's just a sweetheart, and I would love to have. We've talked about it, and uh, hopefully at one point he'll feel comfortable and come come be on the show, you know, because uh, what a great interview that would be. He's really the history of rock and roll. If I can do it, you can do it, Dirk. Dirk, Raz said, if he can do it, you can do it. I feel like that was a challenge, buddy. You be nice to you be nice to Dirk. Dirk you know, come on the show. you know, I love Dirk. Oh, he's the best man. He's, Dirk's one of my mentors that you know. Yeah, yeah. Made all of my life, my, my charmed life, possible. Yeah, he's 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 one of the best of us, I would say. Yeah, like, without a doubt. You know, and he's still going strong, still sharp as a tag, just without a still doubt. killing it. Schubert Systems is still a concern, you know. Uh, he's a badass, and, and so hopefully one Can of these... I see a little Schubert logo come up there for a second? Yeah, see the, pro, the preview screen? Yeah. Flip it into program, Mikey. Blam. Bam! <laughs> Give some props right there. <laughs> I love the guy. Hey, um, yeah. You mix for Killing Joke. Yes. Talk to us about that. that that's a band that puts on a hell of a show. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, Arthur Mayo, he was the production manager and tour manager, basically, for Killing Joke, and he, you know... Come on, come over to England and mix Killing Joke. And that turned out to be like a year and a half gig going back and forth to England a bunch and living there and and mixing them in all these old venues in Europe and, uh, you know, crazy stuff. We played the lobby of the Tower Records, Tower Records, sorry, in uh, Piccadilly Circus. Yeah. In wow. London. Just crazy cool. stuff. That yeah. is too cool. And, and then... In the end, uh, I went with the singer Jazz Coleman over to Switzerland, to Geneva, to stay in his friend's chalet. You know, it was Jazz, me, and the keyboard player. And we each, it, like, we each had our own room at this chalet, at this place, right by Lake Geneva. It was insane. Oh, man. Just crazy stuff. Living Just, the you dream. Can't, yeah, you can't, you know. Yeah, that's kind of perfect. It was. It was insane. Uh, he lived a charm life. You know, you mentioned a minute ago that you have worked for Les Paul's godson, the great Steve Miller. Now, this is Les Paul's god. This man was raised. His father had a thing about recording, visiting artists, and so he'd bring them home while Steve was a kid. You know the history of this. And Steve was raised around Muddy Waters, some of the baddest fucking ass. I mean, I don't T-Bone know. Walker. I mean, right? T-Bone Walker, for Christ's sake. You know, Buddy Guy. Every, oh, yeah. They were a guitar legend. Yeah. His dad was recording them. But he has... On, on his tour bus, he has a, reco- a recording of T-Bone that his dad made. Oh, man. And he'll, like, it plays along with it, you oh, know? Oh, dude. And while he's warming <laughs> up so for the cool. show. And I'll come in on the bus, like, you know, it's a half an hour or whatever. I'll bring the guys over. They do a vocal warm-up on his bus. Sure, like, sure. I'm, I'm coming over half an hour. Okay, because he's rocking on the... Yeah, you know, he's, 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 he's warming up. He's getting that, he, getting oh, that yeah. good energy. No, in he's him. got it down. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's he's, nice. It's nice to watch. I'll hang out for a minute, you know? I always thought he was one of the, you know, we worked with him quite a bit. I think the last time we worked together was uh, Oxbow with you with him. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And 
and we've worked with him quite a bit through the years. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. He's, you know, he's been touring for 40 plus years and killing it. I ne- you look at him and it's, he's kind of one of those artists who doesn't look like a rock star, but he knows and has done and is concerned, uh, considered one of the best guitars. I mean, literally, his, his, his godfather is Les Paul. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. what the hell? You know, and, and uh, it's, just, it's an amazing thing. How's it uh, mixing his band? You know, because I know he, he can be okay, very... That's, now, I want to say unequivocally that I do not mix. Oh, oh I'm band. sorry, you're his tour manager. I am the tour Excuse manager. I, my bad. Because that's, yeah, you, that's another guy you probably want on your show is Scott Bure. Is yes. the mixer of... Uh, the, and the great manager. He's the mixer and manager oh, of Steve Miller. doing double band. duty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which he also did for Y&T. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Y&T, you know, I think that was a band that went uh, not as appreciated as they should have been. They were I, they were a pretty great band. I fell into the tour manager of Steve Miller. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brett. Great place to fall. Brett, our friend, as you know. Yeah. He called me and said, hey, wait, you know, why don't you come do this thing? And I said, no. Why? I said, I don't want to do that. I was doing Michael McDonald. Oh, and, sure. And, you know, I had other things going on, too. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And he's like. Come on. I turned him down like three different times over, I don't know, a year and a half or two years or something. And then that's it. He said, come meet Scott. And I went and I met Scott. Scott and I hit it off. And that's, you know, it's been like 12 years at this point. Very cool. <laughs> Great association. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, it's, a, it's been a whole side career, not side career, but another career. Yeah. And I really learned how to hone in my we're managing and all that. All oh, that. yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He, he knows what he wants. And oh, it's, yeah. it's funny you mentioned uh, we were talking about the tubes. I forgot to. I had you down for the tubes. <laughs> yeah. What's your experiences with Fee? And the Fee Waybell, of course, from the tubes and, and you know, the great tubes. But again, it, it feels really cool to mix bands that you are a fan of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can't act like you were a fan of it. But, yeah, no, I got to hang out with those guys, and I, I, I had a good time with it. Yeah. You know, no, everyone was really nice and a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, when you can when. It's not like when you're, you know, no, no. Nothing against any cover band or anything, yeah. but like the difference of when you're actually mixing the band that does it and you get to hear like the tubes doing the song, you're just like, yeah, yeah. you know, you're almost kind of blown away in your own. Yeah, like you kind of got to pitch yourself. Like they're gotta paying me yourself. to be here right now. Yeah, how yeah. is that a thing? How is it that I? How is it that I got here? You know, from listening to this yeah. album in my car on as almost as loud as it'll go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to now here I am looking at Fee Wable and we're gonna maybe go have a drink afterwards or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, cool. That's the dream right there. I got right? to mix Prairie in the studio on some side stuff and. Yeah. Uh, just getting to work with him was like one of the highlights. Just getting to mic up his drum kit and actually record something. Well, I, I got a, I got a Prairie Prince story where I was with uh, I was with my homeboy Dirty Don Daly. Dirty which, Don, you know Dirty Don. That's he's right. a lighting designer. You know, legendary. Kind of LD. a legend in his own right. He, oh, he's a legend. Yeah, he's yeah. a living legend. Yeah. And we were, uh, I don't know, we were on some. Thing and we were moving from plane to plane and we were at Heathrow and we went into the pub and we ran into Prairie. Oh, boy. And so we all sat at the same table yeah. and we had time to have a drink together and uh, then, okay, good. It's a small world, isn't it? it? Big city, small world. Hell That's yeah. Awesome. That's real shit. Yeah, Prairie's a good cat. He was Great heavy. guy. Yeah, he's one of a kind. So, 
Yeah. Um, I know you mix for um, a very special artist. Uh, a lot of uh, technical necessity. A lot of work goes into the mix with this person. Um, one of the in her time was one of the biggest artists in the world. You were out front for Mariah Carey. Yeah. Heavy. Well, I think she isn't. I think still she's number one selling female artist of all time. I know she's got the number one selling Christmas stuff. She killed it with that Christmas album. Well, I and mean, I think like that's what in, keeps her out, on the very in. top. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. at the time that I did it with her, uh, yeah, I think she was number one in the world of yeah. female sales. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she was married to what Tony, uh, Tommy Mottola, yeah, right? So yeah. I mean, it's not like she, you know, the head of Sony. Yeah. So, you know, she had the right backing. The chick's got pipes, like, all day. And, of course, you know, some folks like to stare at her, I guess. I don't know. But, oh, nice uh, shot right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah. she is. Um, you know, and she likes to be stared at, apparently. So, But, uh, you know, that stuff she does with that high register, man, those, some of those notes she hits are, like, nuts. How are you controlling that out of board? <clears throat> you just got to let it go. Yeah. I mean, it's pure, so it comes out. Yeah, I mean, I got a story for you about Mariah Carey because when I was at SIR in, you know, in the early days when I worked at SIR, we took a system over to the uh, St. James's Club. I think it's called Sunset Tower now, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it was a showcase for Sony. That makes sense. And it was Chris Becker. Oh, shit. Okay, and and... And my friend John Protzko, we were the two guys from SIR, and we set the whole thing up, and you, you could hear this, like, shh, shh. it sounded like feedback, you know? And we're looking over in, in the corner, and there's this tall girl over there singing, and she's kind of like, oh, my God, that's somebody singing. Yeah. And that was the first record uh, showcase for Sony for Mariah Carey. No kidding. Yeah. Well, formative days. It was awesome, you know, to be there for that, and yeah. then to... Do other? I, I got to do the monitors for her for the rehearsals of when she sang "Emotion" on the uh, Video Music Awards because no they rehearsed shit. that at SIR yeah, yeah, also. That was a big then, deal. Yeah, she yeah. kind of killed that one. She murdered that. Yeah. And then my experience of doing all the front of house stuff that where I did like a bunch of stuff was, uh, you know, that was more like 2012. Wow! Wow! Heavy. Yeah, I think That's she's great. kind of dormant right now. Or taking it easy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she'll pop her head back up. You know, I hope so. Or something. Yeah, she's. I'm sure she's still got the chops. You know, she's kind of a singing machine. I, I yeah, don't like it when people say, "Oh, well, she can't really sing that," or she does. Uh, I'm I, like, come I, on. I would never say that. I know uh, she struggles with doing sound checks. That's kind of. She's notorious for not being a big sound check fan. She doesn't need to sound. Well, check. you know, to me, with artists <laughs> like that, it's like, let me get the band dialed in. Yeah. I can do. I can do one channel on the fly. You know, what the hell? Well, and I, with what? her, like you said, she comes out bringing the game. You know, she's professional. Yeah. yeah. But but you know, she hasn't been bit on the ass for not doing sound checks once or twice. You know that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but who hasn't, I guess? You roll down that street. That's just kind of a part of the game. What do you do? You know, uh, I noticed one thing that was fun for me when I was going through your stuff. I didn't know this about you. A band that I think is a highly misunderstood band because of what, what made them popular is very different than the Roots music that they do, the music that they come from, which is a band Sugar Ray. You were out front mm. for Sugar Ray, and, of course, they got that kind of poppy little jam that made it, took them out and put them in the, in the world. But before that, that, that album, Lemonade and Brownies, it, which is an extraordinary album, some, some big, hard rock stuff, like totally polar opposite of what they do. Which part of their career did you interact with Sugar Ray in? 
Well, when I first met those guys, you know, they were like still the shrinky dinks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, what was the first big hit song? Uh, was it uh, um, Big Black? No, um, Green Machine, maybe. Their first yeah. one was that. It was oh, they, that. they did a what they did is a, a record premiere party debut thing, right? Yeah. And it was at the Tower Records that was in Costa Mesa. Yeah, that's a great tower. That was a great Tower Records. Right, and yeah. so uh, we we took a system down there, and it was uh, U.S. Audio, Pete Doctor's U.S. Audio. Of and that's where I first started doing those guys. And then, you know, I did a bunch of stuff for them for like, I don't know, about a year on and off, just yeah. all over. You know, that's like they were just really starting to break. You know, early on, we used to call them the master of styles because they could literally be like jam out some crazy, crunchy, hard rock, just really put the, put the feet on the gas and just kill it. Yeah. And then the next thing, go into this R&B thing. They had a, an, an extraordinary ability to mimic styles. Yeah, and to do it well, to do it very well, and kind of own it. And it was it was kind of when they were still kind of here, they hadn't quite made it there yet. They hadn't had that 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 MTV hit that was kind of a. It's kind of like I was like right in that transition. Yeah, 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 and that was fascinating to watch that and to be a part of that. You know, loosely uh, around that, it was extraordinary to watch. And then they put out, then they did a follow up album, The Lemonade and Brownies, which is one of my favorite album covers. You know, with the, the blonde haired girl on the pillow and. I don't know, it's just a, it's an extraordinary, uh, extraordinary album and a great cover. And then they came out with that follow-up album, and they hit right off with, with this, that slow, melodic song. I forget the name, but it didn't really sink for me. It didn't sit with me. But then, then that took, took him in, kind of into the stratosphere, and then before I know it, he was on TV doing the... Uh, Entertainment Tonight, I think it is, or so Access Hollywood, or one it's of those. A, a Dirty Dawn is the one who told him because Dirty also did their lights and stuff. Too, yeah, of you course. know, there's the rotating, you know, sure, sure, the guys sure. that come and go, and yeah. And he told Mark, "Yeah, you should be a game show host." He got the look. The kids got <laughs> and then the he look. was the, yeah. the rock and roll trivia or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, he's no, great he, at it. He he know? did really well on TV. I mean, the kid was a natural, you know. He well, was, he's a natural star. Yeah, yeah, another one of those kind of natural natural rock and roll. star and yeah. just a good yeah. guy. You yeah, know? he's a very pleasant young man. He yeah. was always good. Oh yeah, uh, always very good to me. We we did already talk about Derek Schubert. I had to bring it up, you know, because he's a god. You're god. We want you here. Show oh, him the card, Lord. You Lord. didn't make it up. Friendship with Derek <laughs> there Schubert. It is. It's here. I wrote it down with my words. Uh, I love it. I did it. It was in Sharpie too, Dirk. I didn't, wasn't no pencils. All right. <laughs> Working for Speed of Sound. Now, of course, uh, yeah. sadly, they, they went away. They, they aren't with us anymore. But, you know, they had moment there when they were, they were pretty happy. And what, what was your experience with Speed of? Well, Mike King, you know, Mike, yeah. that was his company. Yes, and he sir. made it. And he was, uh, he made it by being a personable guy and being on the phone and stuff. You yeah, know? He, he put in the work. A lot, he put in the footwork to, right. to make it pay off. That's and, right, that's right. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of cool stuff with that because, like, uh, at the time, he had the, and, you know, here I am, I'm, like, 19 years old, and I'm, like, the whiz kid, and I'm very lucky to get in this position over yeah. there at Speed of Sound. And it was the largest KF550 system in the world at the time. Killer system. It was a killer system. It, yeah. it sounded great. It looked great. Yeah, big fucking system. Yeah. Big, big sound. Yeah. It was sad. When I heard that they had uh, went out of business, I, I don't know, for, it stopped me for a second. Yeah. It was like, you know, I, on one level, I, I like less competition in the mix. At the same time, there was something hit. They kind of had that sweet spot, you know, and they and we all can play in the yard reasonably well together, and, and Mike was a hell of a guy. So, yeah, it was sad to hear that that went away. Yeah. 
but you know he certainly put in his time and you know he he's a, he he did a lot for the live music the live production industry and moved the ball forward for sure and gave a lot of us you know a, a shot at the uh, at the golden ring and yes so you know my hats off to him i hope he's enjoying his, his retirement and and you know yeah life he is, went out he went out on top for sure yeah 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 for sure that's that's a good way to put it absolutely uh, you know um i know that you're with one of my favorite bands uh, you know, there's certain bands out there that just really bring, you know, that thing where you just you just involuntarily move. You know, they just they get in the zone, they get in that pocket. Earth, wind, and fire, mixing earth, oh. wind, and fire. Right? I mean, come on, it's earth, wind, and fire for Christ's sake. One of the best bands ever. Up in uh, the house for my my chicks at right now. Hello, honey, my beautiful Jackie from Slow Fiber, the love of my life. She's sitting in a house right now that if you look down, it's on a five-acre property and you know, kind of in the Monterey area, the Carmel Valley area, kind of between um, uh, Carmel and Salinas. And right down the hill is on the next five-acre property down is the old Earth, Wind, and Firehouse. <laughs> it's nice. just right below us. And and so and it was, it was dormant for years. It was just sat there. Uh, and recently somebody moved in and, and cleaned it up, and it's, it's a beautiful place, you know. But uh, tell us about working with Earth, Wind, and Fire. It was awesome. I did the first tour they ever did in Australia. Oh, man. And it was funny. They call it a tour because it was, they did it at Hilton Hotels <laughs> in like the biggest ballroom or whatever. That's right. Awesome. And, and it was like six nights in a row in each place. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Talk about I, I, I substituted, I was, I was subbing in for Tim Colvard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and Mike Parker. You know, Mike, the monitor engineer, Mike, he Absolutely. got, he, we had been working together with Sheena Easton. So he called me in and, you know, you have a passport. Can you just sing? Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Let's do it. It was a natural fit. He brought you over from the, he, you guys shared with Sheena. Sheena and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a natural fit. It made yeah. perfect sense. But no, it was great. Great live band. Well, um, yeah. Again, yeah. here you are, you know, pinch yourself. Am I, am I really here mixing earth, wind, and fire. Yeah, it's you know, crazy. In another country, no less, <laughs> yeah, for the yeah. first time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's almost a dream come true right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you start bringing up the sounds, and you're like, oh, man, this is great. This sounds great. It's one of those kind of things where you really just kind of have to bring it up. Yeah, you know? yeah. You just get it to, you know, put some amplitude behind it and, yeah. and, and let Balance it go. Balance it out and let it go. Let them do their magic. Yes. And, and they do bring the magic. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there was very very wonderful, special band. wonderful special band. How was it? Uh, I know you were out for a time with LL Cool J, uh, kind of in his prime. What was that like? Well, I got I was so you know again very very lucky to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and get in there and it's kind of the story of your life, Mister. It, it certainly is. <laughs> I was the engineer, front house engineer for the Mama Said Knock You Out tour. That's right. Now, now, if you don't know, that's that was LL Cool J at the height of Cool yeah, J-ness. Yeah, look at that. He couldn't have been bigger or better. And uh, that was when he would. There was a there was a musicality to his game. There was a there was a certain. They brought the production. Oh, he had an edge. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He and, was on the edge. Yeah, yeah. That, and he was all pumped know, up, and he he'd do his thing. He was. Oh yeah, he used to do. He used festival. to do like in the dressing room, like right, you know, on a, on yeah. a rug like this. He'd be on there, yeah. and he'd have like. Two backup singer girls, or I mean the dancer girls, sorry, right, on his back, team, yeah. and he'd be doing like all these push-ups yeah, and all this yeah, stuff, yeah. and one-handed push-ups with two girls on his back. It was insane. Well, you know, he knew the rule about you don't come out to put on a show to make people sweat unless you're sweating already. Oh, and so he, he, he would brought come on stage show. ripped and and sweating ripped. and ready to go. You know what I mean? At one point, he did a thing where he broke out of a cage. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> right? It was it was made out of PVC, but it I looked know, like know. a case. Yeah. And and uh, Scotty Wallace, if you remember the great LD Scotty Wallace. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, you would know Big Scotty. Yeah. But he, you know, designed this cage thing and LL would break out of it. And it was, yeah, kind of perfect. Awesome. I mean, if you remember it his whole, looked so good on well, the stage. Well, that was his thing. He had a very, uh, he, he was very good with the visual aspects of the show. Mm. You know, so like, like you mentioned, he had the dancers. He had the, there was a whole, it was a whole production. And, and you kind of need that in that rap time. And of course, at the time that we're talking about, this is, well, I guess, maybe 20 years ago now. Um, you were a little, <laughs> ah! <laughs> let's not be dating ourselves too much, brother. Uh, but, but yeah, it was one of the, one of the hottest, biggest shows that was out at the time and, and people loved it. It and, was huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's went on to do great things, you know, as an actor and all kinds of stuff. The guy's uh, very versatile. Very, oh yeah. Very, yeah. Oh know, yeah. Very, very one of those kind of built to be in the game, you know? I, hey, I, Charlie chimed in. He's asking, uh, Raz, do you get your most satisfaction working audio, TMing or backlining? Where's your Where's your love at? Well, you know, I haven't done tons of backlining. I did one tour as a guitar tech, and that ruined it for me. I decided I'd never do that again. <laughs> You're more of a guitar player than a guitar I'm more tech, of a guitar, brother. It yeah, is. Yeah, that's what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got trouble on those. So. Well, so TM or front of house, where, where would you rather get paid to be? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn in it. I like both things. And sometimes I do both. Of course. You know, I did the... Uh, did a couple of tours with Jeff Bridges and his band. Yeah, yeah. Where I would, you know, yeah. TM and stuff like that. I did also that uh, for Lisa Loeb, where I was sure. like, she was oh, fantastic, great, you know. But I was the uh, the sound man, the tour manager, the guitar tech, the production manager, the driver of the van, the travel agent. The, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that. I wasn't actually the travel agent. Well, but yeah, she'd be mad if I didn't say that. So. Well, you know, but, <laughs> not Lisa, the travel agent. We've Lisa. all had that gig where you're, you're collecting the money, <laughs> you know, like you're, you're covering a lot of bases, you know. Yeah, that was. You do what you got to do. Absolutely, I, there, I would say the majority of the middle to late uh, the '80s through the early '90s, that was the game. Mm. I mean, you know, it, it really was good if you could, you know. George up at front of house, me on Mons, stage managing, getting the band on, chasing down the, 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 the venue manager to get paid, you know, dragging him out of a bathroom window, kick his ass, take his, the money, he ain't paying us. You know, that was just part of the job, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and that was, uh, well, I was coming up. That's I thought that was how everybody did it. Yeah. You know, you cover all these bases. You get the guitar tech, you're the, you know. Well, and that's like, you know, to answer his question more, like, I, I'm a Virgo <laughs> person so the devil is in the details and I love doing stuff like that so I love to make the mix perfect I love to make the arrangements perfect if I'm tour managing you know what I yeah, mean I yeah. want to do everything as good as I can yeah. no matter what it is well you run a tight ship I know that I try yeah yeah, yeah. well there's a lot there's great God lives in the details man yeah you know what I mean the, the small things the little stuff that's what makes or breaks it uh, moments like these good shows the t overall tour and being a good tour manager is is an art in its own right. Let's be honest. You know, there's we get to express ourselves a little bit behind the board, but there's there's some art that happens in um, you know keeping oh, yeah. the band straight and, and getting yeah. that all to happen. Well, and I, I, again, you know, it's a charmed life. I've been lucky to work with all those greatest guys. I did. I learned a lot in my early days working with Marty Hom. Well, you're a student of this industry. I worked with Alan Tate. I yeah. worked with a lot of these Go huge tour manager guys. You know that are just like. Yeah. And all I did 
was imitate these guys, you know, steal the best and write the rest kind sure, of deal. Sure, sure. Uh, check this question out right there. <laughs> Charlie, there I was going to ask it. I swear to God, Charlie, I had it right here. Which do you prefer, That's TM it. or TM or front of house? You're reading, <laughs> you're reading Vinny's mind. <laughs> no, me and Charlie are on the same page. <laughs> me and Godfather are on the same page. That's He's my cool. brother from another mother. I like it. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned um, Brian Setzer Orchestra earlier. You were out front for him, and, and that's a hell of a show. I mean, Brian Setzer is, first of all, one of the best guitarists in the game. He is a, that little motherfucker, excuse me, that little, that little dude is an extraordinary guitarist. Great. Really great guitarist. He's a so, great singer. So he good. brings a ton of energy to the show. You know, the band, his, his players, his backup guys are all hired guns. Just bad. Sings. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He brings it. Yeah. He's really a talented guy. How He's a showman. Yo, he, he built for the job. You yeah. know, he's I mean, a he showman. Really he's channels, a natural showman. Yeah, yeah. He really channels that energy. How is it uh, mixing him down? Oh, it was great. It yeah. was really cool. Cause that was when it was. Brian Setzer Orchestra, so it was, yeah. you know, drum kit, stand-up bass. That's right. Brian, yeah, and thirteen horns, <laughs> and that's where I had that Gamble EX56 yeah. and a bunch of you know, great outboard gear and yeah. all that stuff. And it's pretty cool. That was great. Yeah, you can't really go wrong about yeah. that. All right. Well, and a, and a highlight of the tour with him is I got to mix him uh, at the anniversary of Woodstock. Oh no shit. Yeah, on 126 S4s. Oh, man. <laughs> no fucking way. You just said it, 126. Jesus yeah. Christ. 126. That's awesome, dude. It was incredible. Oh, I bet that sounded And then later that day, they burned the PA down. That's when the uh, Red yeah, Hot Chili Peppers and, like, it was that same day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the PA, yeah, was terrible. Limp started that. Well, the crowd was there. The crowd was hot. crowd was crazy. Yeah, but when they broke in that song, when they broke into the song... Break shit up. The song is called Break Shit Up. That's mm -hmm. exactly what they did. And then they burned down the fucking delay towers. Yep. That was something to see. I, you had, I remember this story because yeah. they tried to get him to go leave the stage no, and they're like, no, 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 you no, can't no. do that. <laughs> was, yeah, no, there was no shutting it down at that point. It would have been a freaking riot. That's a guy, yeah. guy sent me a picture and it was magnets. He goes, this is all that's left of the delay tower. Yeah, well, wow. if you notice, some of the, some of the, yeah, the superstructure had melted to, into itself. Yeah. The, the, this was a uh, hot fire. This oh, was a massive delay towers, yeah. and, and they went completely to ash. And it yeah. was that was a rock and roll moment for sure. Yes. I mean, really, that's what that was. That was so we played moment. our show, and yeah. you know, we got on our tour bus, and we drove out, and... We were watching, it was being broadcast at the time live. That's right. So yep. we were watching it on the satellite TV on the tour bus, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, a couple hours down the road, we're watching it and we're like, uh-oh, look. Hey, look, it looks like it's getting kind of crazy. Oh, it's on fire. Oh, you know, we were calling people like, and they're like, no, we got to get out of here. Oh, no, no, were, yeah. You know, the people I know all just they had to bail. They left their everything. Yeah, no, it was kind of half in. It was like some people, it, it, it invigorated them to act even more obnoxious, and other people were just fleeing. Yeah. So it was kind of a 50-50 thing. You know, some well, people I mean, were like, the worker people, people yeah, that yeah. were on the crew were basically, you know, they were well, there told was, them, get out of here. Yeah, and, there was a, well, of course, at that point, in a, it was in a safe environment there. Yeah. The front oh, of house no, no, was, was crazy. Uh, the front of house must have had like 50 cops around it at that point. The cops just swarmed front of house and just barricaded it. They kind of faced out to the audience and you couldn't see over them. It was a thing, man. It was freaking, it was, I don't want to say scary because it was kind of exhilarating, but there was a, but there, if you had a friggin' brain in your head, you knew that this was yeah. a special moment in rock and roll. Oh, and to keep your head about you because you could get out of hand. Yeah. 
Because well, it, it was like, kind of already out of hand. It's like 250,000 people yeah, at this, this thing. Is, <laughs> you this know, it's like, very, that's a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah. And cha- and they were channeling it in a very specific way at that yeah. point. And, of course, Limp Biscuit is known to feed certain energies. And they were they they brought it that night. And they were on fire, to their credit. Yeah, yeah. They came out, and they were frigging kicking ass. And the audience had just had a whole weekend at that point, you know, and they were just, they just pulled out their lighters and went into town. And, and Fred was running on hate and oh hot dogs. Oh, my God. That and night. he was not doing much to try to push, tamp it down. He was kind of feeding it, and they didn't stop the song. I mean, like, it, it's a real, if you have, if you don't know what we're talking about, you should uh, investigate, uh, the, was it 99, was it? Was Woodstock 99? Yeah, I think that's right. Well, there was 99, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's something to see. It's, it's an incredible moment in rock and roll history. Listen, man, I got I got more questions for you, baby, but we're running up against it. Oh my God! Uh, you, any, you, any quick I, how barrage? How do I talk to a guy about a uh, what's that? Any quick barrage of? Look at I, I did it on the back page. Ah. <laughs> In case I had room. Okay. Talk to us about Night Ranger, Leon Rhymes, Kenny Loggins, any other artists you. <laughs> Night Ranger, awesome. Dream awesome. dream band to mix. They were extraordinary with Loggins. Time. Yeah, yeah. Legend, who else on there? Uh, uh, of course, Leanne Rhymes, the great. Oh yeah, Leanne, Leanne Rhymes. Rhymes. Yeah, I got to. Uh, and then, of course, you mentioned already Jeff Bridges working with him. Yeah, he's, he's the dude. Come the, on, the, the absolute the dude. He abides, as you know. Yeah, he as abides. I do. Yes, he does. Listen, my brother. We really. You came all the way up here to see us. We appreciate you so much. It's so good to see you. You look great. You know, I can't wait for us to be back doing what we do together. I very, very much appreciate. Thanks for being the first guest to level him up on that outfit, man. I've been accused of being fancy before. So, you know. <laughs> so he's going to come in next time all like he's going to get a scarf, but it's going to have a bunch of his faces all up and down it. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> so I'm available for that. style consulting. <laughs> get on, we'll get on a Zoom and be like, gotta, does this work? you got to be flexible in the <laughs> music business, right? Can I pull business, this off? Right? Talk gotta, to me, baby. You know, that's my new career, stylist. <laughs> Styled by Raz. Yeah. You get him looking uh, Why not? <laughs> Listen, man, uh, nobody's ever called me fancy before, so I don't think that's going to be a pro. <laughs> I'll help you. <laughs> You're the best. Thank you, Jeffrey. It was a, a great honor to see you, man. I'm great so to glad see you, bro. I love well. you. I love you, pal. Thank you for coming in. Another great interview with an amazing human being. We're so fortunate. We get very, very lucky here at this show. Seriously. And, and, and we really want to thank you guys for tuning in. We really do do it for you. Hey, listen, a little quick reminder. we got friends out there that do similar things to us, like the, the good people over at EAW's user group, uh, the wonderful James, uh, Jim Newhouse and his people, uh, you know, Nancy Diaz. They, we love them. They're one of our favorite manufacturers. Go check out their page. It's really cool on Facebook. Uh, our good friends, Kyle, Michael, and Chris at Signal the noise podcast they're badasses you want to get into the ones and zeros of the game you know get away from the johnny carson vibe that we roll with they're they're over there talking shop doing the tech talk nerding out check them out signal the noise podcast and on any place you can find a podcast uh the good people at sweet treatments our lovely Jackie corsetti we love you dear thank you for providing the ambiance and being a supporter of ours and if you guys need to get a cool kind of uh i don't know what's the word like some affirmation you know some good speak you need to talk to friends, good people, vibes. people in our industry that yeah. are maybe feeling a little like, when's this going to end? Go over to the, the Loving Hands for Stage Hands people, John Del Rio, my brother, and some of the guys that run this page on Facebook. It's for us. It's for Stage Hands, roadies, you know, technicians, IATSE. Uh, when they're having one of those days, man, they're trying to find the light at the end of the tunnel. They help each other do that. Go check them out. Uh, remember, we've got podcasts available. Uh, Kyle, my good friend, we're going to put Kyle on the spot right now. Kyle! You gonna put some shows up on the podcast for us? Potentially. 
We'll see. Kyle, please, will you do it? Kyle. I got you. Kyle. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> we, we, uh, we podcast on Amazon Music, Google Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, any place you can find a podcast. Go check us out if you want to hear the audio tracks of this. We are going to do this again next week with the one and only the great Bob St. Laurent. He's uh, extraordinary. Started out as a runner at the, the amazing Shoreline Pavilion. He's worked with everybody from David Bowie. I mean, just all the big ones, you know. Uh, he, he, he has his own golf tournament. He has his own radio show. He's Bob St. Laurent. He's a badass. He's coming on next week. He's going to sit right in that chair. We're going to get up in his world. We're going to take and pick his brain and talk about it. So why don't you come back next week at 7 p.m. on Thursday. We'll do it all again until then. Be good to each other. Be kind. Take care of yourselves. Good night. Yeah.